um, ever since the the baptism that translated into uh, doing that for pursuits of knowing uh, God and Jesus and and my faith and um, in that process I have not only had changes um, that I recognize as like old practice are the wrong thing to do but there are things that have uh, that have been changed by him. Um, that I can't explain. I've actually tested it to see if I can overcome the things that have changed, and I just can't do it. It's like like movies, right? The, probably the best thing is like movies. Uh, I used to be a big fan of horror movies. Now I just can't do it. I try, can't do it. So it's it's been a pretty amazing experience, and and I'm excited for what's to come. Uh, yay. <laughs> So I was surprised this morning by this because I've been a little busy recently and ill. Um, But I just decided I was going to just let God speak through me. So here goes. Um, This last year has been really eye-opening for both myself and Jacob because when we found this church, he was not a Christian, and I was praying for him, and I wasn't confused about what I believed. And the day that we came here, God changed, like, his heart. The, the first day that we stepped in these doors. And that just changed my perspective on what God was capable of doing. And so I decided, I was like, okay, God, I said when I moved out here that I was going to let you change my life. And that's what I did. And um, it's been a great journey this last year. I've discovered a peace that surpasses all understanding. Um, I'm learning so much more about how to just live in God's love and his grace. And a lot of it has to do with the people at the church and the life that you guys live, um, you know, with Christ. And as your guide, as your father, as your best friend. And that's what I want to keep doing. And I want to do it with my fiance. And I'm hoping that you guys will all join us for our wedding coming up in April. uh, Because to me, that's the culmination of something that God has been working on in my life. So that's the greatest thing that has happened this last year with the two of us um, and God in our lives. So thank you for that. We are going to be doing something a little bit different with our response time. We're kind of breaking it up into three different parts. So this is response time number one, essentially. Um, And we're going to be organizing them around those things that we've been talking about when it comes to being a disciple, the the core things we need to keep in mind while we do that. Um, So the first one is that God is present and is always at work. And uh, since this is a Thanksgiving service, I want to spend some time having you guys listen, write down, remember the great things that God has already done, that as he's been present in your life and at work in your life, you just remember that kind of stuff. Because I find through remembering that stuff, it builds our faith. That's why my children's names are what they are, because God had spoke things into my life during those time periods, and I never wanted to forget them because they were that significant to me. Um, So I encourage you to remember those things now. We'll spend a couple minutes in silence just praying for God to speak and remind you of those things that he's done and reveal things that he's done. Um, And I just encourage you to write them down. Um, And don't worry about making this perfect for other people. This is for you. 
Um, you know, if you're brave, maybe share it later on, but right now it's for you, so don't worry about anything that you're writing down. Um, I just encourage you to remember. God, we thank you that you're a big God and that you're always in our life, always doing something. And we pray now that you would pull back the curtain and show us what you have been working on in our life, stuff that we are incredibly aware of and stuff that we are completely blind to. Help us to remember that, Lord. Speak to us now as we listen. Thank you for for the great works you do every single day. Help us to remember them. And help us to remember that you are always at work and always present and always good. Let's move on to the next thing we got going on, and I'll just uh, pray one more time. God, we thank you for these wonderful things that you have done in our life and that keep doing in our life. And we pray that you would continue again and again, make that real to us, make it, make it obvious to us just how much you're working. Amen. Uh, time for our second story. So I'm going to ask Johanna Roche to come up, and she's going to share what God's been doing in her heart and life. I'm not usually talking in front of people, so. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, yeah, this is very comfortable for me, as you all know. (laughs) Um, So good morning, and um, I have two things that I'm grateful for, and they both involve you guys, So, but I'm going to have to read it. Um, So... Andrew and I started coming here about, I think, six or seven years ago. I don't know how long. Eight, apparently. (laughs) Um, So uh, we have been attending another church for several years. Um, And at the time, I was working inpatient as a nurse um, in a hospital in Philadelphia, so I I could only come every – I had to work every third weekend, so I could only go infrequently. And um, as that was happening and I was starting to feel less and less a part of the community there – we decided to check out um, some other churches. So we came up with a list of about five or six in our area. Um, Cultivate was on the list. We had known a few people um, that were attending here, so we decided to check it out. Um, we came one Sunday, and we loved it, and immediately felt welcomed by the people that were here. Um, so the next Sunday when we were talking about what church we wanted to check out, um, I remember looking at Andrew and just saying, do you want to just go to Cultivate again? And we did, and we never look back. (laughs) We've been here ever since. (laughs) Um, So one of the things I'm grateful for is this family. Um, You welcome everyone in, no matter what. Um, When people ask me what I like most about our church, I always say the people, because everyone here is so authentic, um, so genuine. You never feel like you have to have it all together, because everyone else doesn't pretend to have it all together. Um, I've grown up in church my whole life, and I've never felt that as much, um, surrounded by people here Um, who know me and love me as I am and will walk along with me no matter what struggles I'm facing. Um, Being surrounded by such genuine people is a gift that I do not take for granted. So thank you for that, because it makes me possible to share the next thing that I'm grateful for. Um, Many of you know, early in the summer, uh, my parents experienced a flood in their home that completely destroyed almost everything they owned. Um, 
it was devastating for them and for us as we watched them go through that um, and tried to help them get through that. Um, when this happened, I had been um, kind of going through a tough spot in my faith, um, which I know many of you have experienced. Um, I was, and still am, reworking um, how I know who God is. What is he really like? Did he really care? Was he involved with all of our everyday lives? So I had been praying for a while, and to be honest, hadn't been hearing very much. Um, so eventually my prayer became very short, and I would pray over and over that God um, would just show up. Um, so whenever doubts and questions would start to overwhelm me, I would pray, God, just show up and leave it at that. And I prayed this prayer for a while and still wasn't really getting any kind of response that I could see. Um, then my parents' flood happened, and it was hard. But so many people from here reached out to help with monetary gifts, the very dirty work of washing clothes that were soaked in muddy, disgusting water, donations of supplies to get them set up in a little apartment in my sister's house, prayers, etc. It was amazing, and I was so grateful. And I know my parents were, and they're here today, and I know they would like to tell you guys all thank you as well. Um, we were all so grateful for that help. Um, the weekend that the flood happened, it was a whirlwind of trying to save as much as we could from their house, getting them settled at my sister's. I remember going to pick up some industrial fans from a friend of mine's job, and when I got there, he handed me a check for hundreds of dollars that other friends and even their parents had collected for us. And I started crying. And as I, as I was driving back to my sister's house with that money that would help pay for furniture and appliances and things they needed, I was just so emotional and thinking back over all the help that I had received, real tangible help from them and from all of you. And as I was driving, I was thinking over all these things. I heard the small but strong voice in my head, and all I heard was, see, I showed up. And I knew that was God telling me, I am here, I do care, and one of the ways I show up is through other people. So I wanted to share it with all of you, whether it was something tangible you gave or did for us, or a text or a hug and a question about how my parents were doing, you showed up for God to me. And he used all those gifts and acts of service and prayers from all of you to become more real to me in that moment that he had been in a long time. And I'm so very grateful for that. And I don't want to make it sound like that cleared everything up and I have no more questions or doubt because that wouldn't be true. I'm still going through a period where I'm trying to learn more about who God is and I am restructuring how I view God and how I relate to him. But when the questions and the doubts and the fears start to overwhelm me and I feel like I'm losing touch with God, that moment in the car comes back so clearly, and those words, see, I showed up, are so powerful. It anchors me to a God I know is real, and that I know loves me, and each and every person here. And I wanted you all to know how much that means to me, and how grateful I am for all of you that showed up for God. So, thank you. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to say, sorry, my dad um, wanted to come up and just say also a quick thanks to all of you. So. Did you ever have one of those years you just like to erase? Uh, <laughs> probably you all have. It's just, uh, it's been one of those years, and Joanna kind of stole all my thunder here to tell you about, but... Um, Indeed, that was one of the, the major things that happened to my wife, Susan, who is over here, and myself. 
Um, and we're here today because uh, we wanted to personally come and say thank you to all of those, and you know who you are, who prayed, who sacrificed their time and money and came and helped us uh, have a place to come to after this flood. The the flood happened in the middle of the night, so we were taken uh, totally unaware. In fact, um, what woke me up in the middle of the night was the sound of water shooting through the window of my bedroom. And I was confused and didn't know what to do. At first, I ran around and and, uh, saw it coming in several other places. And in the last moment, I just grabbed my wife and said, we got to get out of here. And uh, we, as we ran out of our bedroom, the water was already halfway up our, our calves. And we just barely got to the top of the steps to watch the water fill all the way up to within about seven inches of the ceiling of our living space. <clears throat> so as Joanna said, everything, was, uh, everything we had was, uh, was destroyed. And uh, we didn't even have, think enough to even grab our cell phone or our keys or anything to, to be able to uh, escape from the home. And it wouldn't have mattered anyway because when I got upstairs and looked around, there was a flood that, that had covered all the way. It was totally surrounding our house. And in our backyard was probably about 15 feet deep, 20 feet deep. So anyway, um, like, like Joanna said, people uh, poured their hearts out and uh, prayed for us and supported us. And at the end of the day, when everything uh, settled down, we, we just thought, well, we're going to go over to uh, my other uh, daughter, Kate's house, uh, where I had already been working on an apartment over there. And uh, and at least maybe, you know, hopefully we can just set up a bed or something, you know, that's some place to sleep down in the basement and where at least we would be warm and dry and safe. And um, So when we arrived, we walked in and here all of the people from here that had been involved and all of the other family members and it, had set up a place uh, in the, in this basement. They actually had a kitchen set up. They had uh, a bedroom with a bed totally made. They had living room furniture and things, a TV. I mean, it was it was it was miraculous. And what I'm thankful for today is the fact that God has a people, and it's you. And it's others all around. And that's what people of God are called for, to return the grace that they were first given when Jesus died for us and poured out his grace to us. And this was one of the most tangible signs. one of the most tangible signs that I have seen of this grace 
poured out just as God has called his people. That grace was returned to us. And so I'm thankful for God and especially for God's people. Thank you. I'm not crying. You're crying. Um, no, thank you guys. Thank you so much for, for sharing God, the gospel with us. Um, and we're going to do that again. We're going to remember again that God, another part of what it means to be a disciple is remembering that God shows up where we really are. That it's not something we have to manufacture, like Johanna was saying. That it's something he will do. He will meet us where we really are. Um, and so I would invite you to, to remember that, that he, he does that. But also remember that there are places where we still need that, where we don't know what that looks like, where, where we are still in need. So um, I want you to write down those, those places where you feel like God, God still needs to show up and ask him what he wants to do about it. Ask him what he wants to say. So we'll, we'll pray again and give you an opportunity to, to listen again. Holy Spirit, come. Help us to listen to your heart and uncover our heart and where it still needs you. Come speak to that. We never have to perform or be more than we are or have it all together. That you're the God that meets us where we are. When we think we're turning around and running to you, it's always been you running after us. And these these areas where we feel inept or feel like life's not adding up, remind us that you are on your way that you are working and you'll meet us there too. In the name of Jesus, amen. Having been buried with Jesus in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross." Uh, We're about to celebrate baptism, and uh, the essence of what baptism is, is all about identification. It's about association. Um, One of the things that's always struck me deeply is why Jesus, as the perfect Son of God, would come and begin his work on earth by being baptized. Because we think about baptism as being something that, that... demonstrates our forgiveness of sins, right? We just read that, that the legal indebtedness that was held against us was taken away because of Jesus' work on the cross. Why then does Jesus 
as the perfect Son of God, undergo this thing called baptism. And the reason is because Jesus was choosing to begin his ministry by identifying with us. He, uh, who is perfect in every way, comes and lives our lives uh, in every way. And so when, when he steps into the water and comes out on the other side and God says, this is my son whom I love and whom I'm well pleased, it is Jesus' way of saying, I am about to walk through everything that you will walk through, yet I will do it without sin. And it just if that doesn't show you the depths of God's love for you, that he would become like you so that he could understand you, and then on your behalf go to the cross for you to pay for the, the rebellion that we all have in our hearts, uh, nail it to the cross forever so that it will never stand against you forevermore, and then uh, take your sin to the grave, conquering over it through his own perfect life, and then on the other side of that, three days later, rise to new life to demonstrate that God's power to forgive you and make you new is greater than your power to sin and rebel against him. I mean, that's incredible. So then why do we get baptized? Why do we celebrate this thing called baptism? We do it because Jesus identified with us and so we get into the water to identify ourselves with him. To acknowledge publicly before our family that when Jesus died and was risen again, that his death was our death. That he took our sins to the grave with him and they can no longer stand against us because we are separated from them as far as the east is from the west. And that just as Jesus rose again on Easter Sunday morning, we too rise again, both now living a new life because of his work in us, and ultimately, even though we die physically, we will never die spiritually because we know that Jesus' death was death once and for all, that his death killed sin and death itself. Therefore, there is only life waiting for us forevermore. And so we're going to do that this morning. Does that sound good? Um, And so... uh, just wanted to reorient us to that reality. Now, here's that we have a couple people that are have expressed readiness to to undergo that uh, process. But we always say that if God is uh, is kind of work, tugging on your heart this morning, if He is uh, working in your life, and here's what that sounds like: that not that you are ready to say, um, God, I promise to now do everything for you, but you realize that. God in Jesus Christ has done everything for you. You're, in a sense, ready to receive that promise. Um, then perhaps maybe you're ready to be baptized too, in which case uh, you can come and join us when we go there in a, in a moment. So um, we're about to move in that direction. Let me pray. If, and if, if this is, you know, everybody's, the people that have been ready to be baptized, when's it going to happen? When's the moment? When do I go? It's a, you know, when, when do I stand up? I don't want to look like an idiot. You know, like all those things that run through your mind. Well, this is that moment. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to move uh, towards the room to get ready. The band's going to sing one more song, and then the screen will get pulled away, and you'll, you'll see the rest. Father, we thank you uh, that of the depths of your love for us, they are uh, as deep as our deepest rebellion against you, that though... We, uh, in every way, wanted to rule our own lives, to be our own kings, to, to, to be God in your place. 
You knew that that would lead to our destruction and our separation from you. And yet you, and so you've been plotting ever since that first day where we walked away to come run after us. Uh, you, you, you limit our, our destructive ability, but you pursue us in your grace. And the ultimate expression of that is your own son, God in the flesh, coming, stepping into the water, saying, I will live the life that you couldn't live. I will death, die the death that, that you should have. I will rise to new life because you can't. And now in me, you get to have all those things. So God, we remember those things again as we get into the water and we pray that um, you would remind us, those who have been in the faith maybe for uh, a year or two or a decade or two or several, uh, remind us again of your wondrous love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So yeah, this is our... Our last time of reflection and the last component of what we want to keep in mind as we pursue discipleship in Jesus um, is that God cares more about everything than you, you do. Um, so we're going to do kind of a choose-your-own-adventure version for reflection time. I'm going to read two passages. Um, I was really convict, like convinced that one of them was the one I should read, and then like throughout the morning, the other one, which was already on the table, it's like, no, pick me too. So um, I'm going to let you guys choose. Um, the first one is Matthew 6, 25 to 34. So I'm going to read this one, then I'll read the next one, and I'll let you guys uh, have a minute to reflect on that as the worship team gets ready. So Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Is it not more than food? Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which are here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. And uh, I don't know, that one just strikes me as... And if you're someone who struggles with anxiety, that this this should be your daily bread. Like you should read this every morning. Um, uh, and then the other one, the one that's been speaking to me, is uh, Psalm 145. And uh, it's, it's a little shorter. It's... Uh, 
Sorry, I should have a stand or something. Psalm 145. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. Let that sink in. Let's read it again. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all and has compassion on all he has made. Remember, that's you. All right, I'm going to give you guys a minute to reflect on that. Um, Write down any reflection you feel you need to. Write down one of these passages that you need to remember in your daily life. And then uh, we'll press into worship again. God, we thank you that you care so much more about life than we do. And when we are filled with worry or doubt or frustration or anything like that, that you're in that moment with us. And pray, Lord, you would help us remember that. You'd help us remember that because life throws, flows from that. Knowing that you love us means so much more than, than we can imagine. So help us to remember that now as we reflect on that, Lord. great work on the cross that proves that you you care more about all of this than we do, Lord. <clears throat> Help us to rest in that love and that perfect grace and remember it. Amen.